0: ladies and gentlemen leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the american dream the best is yet to
1: come Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, joined by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on?
0: I'm a little sad uh, to have to say goodbye to the Krasenstein incest twins, twincest twins, and their goodly wife. Uh, we don't know which one of them she was married to. <laughs> was totally a real person. Or, or if she even really existed. <laughs> But just this morning, Mrs. Krasenstein, the uh, official Krasenstein brother account that they had to start after they got kicked off of Twitter, uh, gave this extremely long-winded signing off about how she they're closing down the account. Uh, and it was so full of, like, just, you know, people that called us grifters don't understand. Every dollar we took in donations went to, you know, it was just like... What, what what were you taking donations for in the first place? Like, don't you have a fucking job like the rest of yeah. us? No, no, your job is just being a fucking Twitter. And then, and then try to say that, like, Twitter was, like, a cesspool of hostility. And somebody replied, like, yeah, you were half of it. Like, you were the worst part about Twitter. <laughs> and then, the, like, halfway through, she, she's like, oh, and one final word. And then, like, 12 tweets later, she's still going. It's just it's like, what the fuck? Uh,
1: um. I, I do want to remind people uh, of a Daily Beast article that came out last year, or I'm sorry, two years ago, when they did end up getting removed from Twitter. Uh, Fed seized a fortune from hashtag resistance icons accused of boosting a, quote, online Ponzi scheme. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, it was like wire fraud, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, no, they, 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 they were total fucking grifters from the start. Anyone, you know, who was <laughs> who, yeah. aware of their their grift could you know they were just the first guys to reply to every donald trump tweet with like useless fucking drivel um right which you know had been taken over by jeff Tiedrick and all these other guys who i assume are all blowing their brains out in their fucking basement bunkers in the suburbs right now (laughs) just because they're like right (laughs) they have nothing (laughs) to do now
0: uh they'll find another group somehow they've still got mitch mcconnell to you know, wag their finger at and pretend to to actually yep. oppose while they fist bump him and Lindsey Graham. Uh, so we
1: love the FBI. We love the FBI,
0: right? USA. Uh, yeah, you remember they had a podcast um, that lasted not only like ten months and like their episodes were only like twenty minutes long too. Like they couldn't even. <laughs> <laughs> like they, that's, that's little... the
1: real sign of like you're grifting like that's any of the uh, like celebrity podcasts are like 20 to 30 minutes long max because it's like what's the bare minimum I have to do to put my name on this and sell like 15 ads oh per show <laughs>
0: Joe, Joe Biden's podcast lasted seven whole episodes before they <laughs> shut that thing down and he's about to be the president like yeah <laughs> right. Well I'm sure he had important things to plan and go do like <laughs> figure out what green screen <laughs> background he wanted to use today
1: yeah well you know up top uh first of all before we get into it i, I do want to wish you a happy life day because uh yesterday as as we all know uh the the most cherished holiday of the season life day uh took place it was the uh the premiere date of the star wars holiday special in in 19 what was it oh, God. Or so that's officially <laughs> uh, designated- canon be arthur's star wars <laughs> canon look <laughs> it up so that it's is officially insane. uh recognized as life
0: day in star wars uh lore wow. so yeah. unbelievable and you uh Pretty your shirt. goodly wife got you a nice little baby yoda uh yeah life day present. Doll, It's a- uh toy it's like it's like life size right like if you're it, it,
1: it's yeah it's, i think it's actual size it looks like it's maybe a foot maybe maybe 10 11 12 inches and it's yeah. uh the head's like hard plastic but the body is like plush it's Do you actually, get to it's, like
0: feed it the the last remaining eggs of the lineage of a, <laughs> Sorry, of a do rare I get to species commit
1: genocide with with it no i don't think i don't, I yeah. don't get to do that yeah. <laughs> but no it looks cool on my shelf um cool yeah cool. but uh yes yeah, so that that's that's happening uh you know some less exciting news to talk about uh literally everything else that's happening uh in the world right now um so you know up top one of the things that kind of broke today or you know occurred today at least is that the House Democratic Caucus had their uh, leadership vote, uh, basically their nomination process for who they're going to put up in January for the Speaker of the House position. And, uh, of course, Nancy Pelosi fucking somehow gets reelected. Now, it's a secret ballot, so we don't know who voted for whom. Uh, we will know in January, but, I mean, that's irrelevant at that point because it's like they're all going to vote for her over whoever the Republicans nominate. Uh but again i just you know what it's fucking amazing to me like it's just you know uh, continue to fight and and like of course i'm you know the democrats mostly suck like elected democrats in congress so it's not super surprising that she won a majority of democratic votes especially in a secret ballot but um it is kind of amazing that you know the, the the left wing of the caucus isn't on TV saying like, no, we obviously shouldn't vote for her. And this is the person we're going to nominate, you know, as the replacement for Mila Jayapal or somebody or Barbara Lee or somebody else who actually has been there, you know, for decades as well. Who, you know, is at least some degree to the left of Nancy Pelosi.
0: No, well, um, but AOC they don't even, calls they for even the... nominate anybody. Yeah, they know There's no point in fighting that fight because... <clears throat> You know, supposedly Pelosi says she's not going to run for office at all in 2020. Yeah. And they didn't pass any kind of resolution to hold her to that because they trust her, which is a mistake, because I guarantee she'll run again and say, well, but we don't have a clear, decisive, you know, protege for her. So we got a country. Yeah, I mean, Feinstein's a fucking 120 years old, and she's still running and apparently not wearing a mask in the whole <laughs> walking of Walking around of inside of
1: Congress without a fucking mask, which I right. support, by the way. Please, please, n- Nancy, do that as well. Please, <laughs> please, I, I beg
0: of you to <laughs> Yeah. keep walking yep. around without a mask on you. So, yeah, but idiots. it's, it, you know, like, like today, <clears throat> AOC, who I've still been stringing along hope for— uh, retweeted this fucking thread from this uh, Gusano from South Florida named Debbie uh, Mascaro Powell, who tried to explain that her loss was because, you know, people are afraid of Venezuela and are afraid of socialism. Uh, she tweeted out, Yes, the fear of socialism is real and ingrained for those of us who fled dangerous places in search of the American dream. My own father was murdered by a criminal with a gun in Ecuador. So she's equating her father's murder in Ecuador with socialism. Like what? How does no? It
1: makes sense. Makes sense. There's
0: nothing to fucking do with it. (laughs) But you just put those things alongside, and you're like, oh god, it's so so terrible. Meanwhile, what's actually happening down there right now is the second hurricane in two weeks has hit Latin America. So you know you've got Ecuador, Honduras, Venezuela, Colombia, Costa Rica, Belize uh, are just completely being obliterated by yeah. uh, this this last hurricane, Hurricane Iota, um, was apparently the largest hurricane recorded ever this late in November. Wow. Right, and is AOC tweeting about that? No. She's retweeting this person who's shaming socialism in Venezuela for for her apparent loss to somebody who was even more right-wing than her. And she's like pure white, blonde hair, like nothing Latin about her. <laughs> so really. yeah priorities
1: yeah um you know yeah it, it, it's disappointing and i think that's the the main uh hurdle to her you know taking the mantle of of like who the 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 left candidate to run in the democratic party is going to be you know in 2024 2028 or whenever is her foreign policy fucking sucks like it, it's really bad it's not as good as bernie's and bernie's wasn't perfect but bernie's was at least better than than most elected democrats um apparently this reverend warnock guy has great has a great uh great history of being right on ship and now he's of course having to walk it all back because you know he's he's a good democrat and toes the company line but did you see all those clips of him like talking about how you can't serve god and serve in the military at the same time and then you know they were no Jane who's Kapper's- this guy? It's the the guy running for Senate in, in one of the two Georgia, the one who's not John Ossoff, the, the other Democrat in the other race. Gotcha. Um, I'm not, I haven't
0: watched it real close. But yeah, I, I didn't even really follow Ossoff until the other day, and I watched his fucking campaign video. Oh, man. And half with just tr- clips of Trump talking.
1: He's 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 the Buttigieg off like the first the first oh, prototype.
0: Yeah, like and everything else he said was "I fight for what I believe in," and then he never said what he actually believed in. <laughs> like literally, him and Buttigieg are basically the Krasenstein twins. If you just like pitch their voices down three octaves, <laughs> right? That's all right. they are. Uh, but but Assad's actually yeah.
1: he doesn't look like a little rodent, so he actually might succeed because he's be- better looking, certainly than Buttigieg,
0: and he's probably he's, taller. <laughs> you can't possibly be be you know <laughs> anywhere within <laughs> the booty judge height range with his his uh, yeah I, I don't know did we talk about this last week how we, uh, we talked a little I, about ossoff and Buttigieg judge a little bit but i so i tried to find out how tall Booty judge is and like you literally can just google how tall is bernie sanders how tall is Donald mm-hmm. trump how how tall is anybody famous and it really just tall, right? he's like 6'2", pops 2, 6'3" it up. Uh, bernie's like 60 but okay. Google just put gives you the answer. It doesn't it doesn't give you a list of results. It just tells you the answer like at the top. And if you type in how tall is Pete Buttigieg, there's no search result that pops up. It's it's just like <laughs> a Reddit thread where they speculate and it's like, that doesn't happen unless you, like, go to Google and pay them money to bury your search results. Right, right. And unless not just a Tom search Cruise. result, but, like, like literally. So people are like, how tall is he? And you look at, like, look at the footwear that Judge wears. And he has, like, these three-inch heels on. <laughs> like, he's trying really hard to, you know, like, not look like he's in Ben Shapiro territory. He's, um, got, he's
1: got the Tom Cruise lifts everyone else has to stand in boxes yeah
0: exactly <laughs> did you see that picture of Ben Shapiro wearing a fucking White Sox hat at their stadium with some like famous White Sox player or coach or whoever who's like <laughs> literally doing. twice his height
1: it's <laughs>
0: yeah it, like I thought it was photoshopped at first and I'm like holy shit Ben Shapiro's like 5'2 <laughs> so tiny Can't. he's just then, mad at the world because he never got to ride a roller coaster. <laughs> Uh, but no, this Reverend
1: Warnock guy, he like also apparently he was like Jake Tapper had him on the other day and he was trying to get him to condemn Fidel Castro. And he wouldn't like it just this, the the same stupid fucking, you know, red baiting, left bashing shit always uh, that occurs with any candidate that's not uh, a fucking Republican running as a Democrat. So, oh, yeah. But yeah. And he's, of course, I'm sure, walked all this back and talked about, you know. Affordable access to free shit, but he might actually be like a sleeper good senator if we get him in. Right? Well, they'll (laughs) they'll get to him
0: eventually. They'll get to him eventually. And this is something AOC does too, where you know they get asked like a really easy question about like a yes or no question. It's like, hey, do you think we should defund the police? And they go, you know, I think we need to have a, a a real conversation about you know like and then they go off on a tangent and they don't answer the question and it's like mm-hmm. well if you think you need to have a real conversation have the fucking conversation right now don't talk no. about how we need to have the conversation have the your now's your fucking chance asshole fucking do it <laughs> like, what are you waiting for don't talk about how you need to have the conversations at some other in, indeterminate point just say yes i think we should defund the fucking police uh, James Clyburn, he had already said this when we recorded last week. I don't know if we talked about it in real in-depth, but he got echoed by a bunch of people like uh, fucking asshole Hunter S. Thompson without the drugs, James Carville, uh, and some other people saying, oh, yeah, the the whole... Um, oh, also, who was the fucking... The, uh, Bill Maher's favorite racist buddy, Sam Harris said it, too, oh, yeah. saying, you know, could we all agree that uh, Defund the Police was the... You know, we, I think we did talk about this last week a little bit, actually. Yeah, um, but just it, it got repeated so many times that defund the police uh, as a slogan hurt Democrats that they lost seats in Congress because of that. But none of the people who lost seats supported defunding the police. So no elected how does that Democrats
1: work? really supported. Like you know, it, it, it's not something that any of the major candidates really came out in, in support of. I mean, there was some, um, you know, kind of deference to that from some of the left wing kind of candidates, but for the most part, uh, nobody even talked about that. You had a fan running over there, buddy. There's literally a fucking, uh, Leaf blower right outside my window. (laughs) (laughs) Go fucking strangle that asshole with the cords attached to. Oh my god, Uh, I hate those things
0: so much. Um, I know, I know. Um, I know sometimes in an apartment building you gotta like quickly clear the leaves because some of you are falling on the sidewalk and shit, but right, yeah.
1: And we're back Um. (laughs) live from
0: Madison, Wisconsin yeah so Uh, um where were we anyway i thought we were talking about Clyburn,
1: the defund the police (laughs) but you know what's funny about the defund the police thing is um in minnesota where they literally burned down a police precinct the democratic share of votes went from plus one in 2016 to plus seven this year so (laughs) arguably the only place where they literally tried to defund the police uh actually increased their vote share for the democrats so Again, it's a talking point that has no fucking merit, it has no evidentiary basis, but the Democrats just go off of, you know, what is an easy narrative to further push the party to the right. I mean, and that's what the Democratic Party has been for the last 40 years, which is why we have Joe Biden as our fucking president and this cabinet of fucking Republican ghouls that he's going to foist upon us.
0: Well, and I guarantee all the people that are on online, uh, you know, liking tweets that say, you know, defund the police was a terrible slogan for Democrats and hurt us. Like, they all have BLM in their Twitter bio. Oh, you sure.
1: Know, they, yeah. all,
0: they all want to say Black Lives Matter. But then when it comes to, you know, taking action on that, they're all like, no, 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 no. no. We, we got to win elections. We got to win elections. They'll and, still cross the street when a black person's walking towards them, but they'll, <laughs> they'll pretend right. that they
1: care about their lives, you know, when, when they're talking about them. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> since we're on the cops, this, <laughs> this one, this quote from uh, this, this sheriff in uh, New York State, it, basically Cuomo's trying to, you know, say there's a mandate that no more than 10 people can be in any home at the same time for Thanksgiving, which, like, literally, you can't tell people not. You can say you can't have more than 10 people meet in public, right? But you can't say that about someone's own home like you just can't there's no there's no law possible that you, you can't can do make that. a law
1: no. you shouldn't have more than 10 people over this year it's a really fucking no. bad idea you shouldn't even have five you know no, I mean, you, it you should... shouldn't have anyone you're not living with unless <laughs> right. it's like a but very but tight circumstances so, but yeah. you know
0: understandably like some police have have you know said like we can't force that there's no way we can tell people how many people they can have in their own home that's just like that's you know and they're right. They're totally right. But this, this one sheriff in New York State apparently had a viral post uh, here. He said, who and how many people you invite into your own home is your own business. Uh, this was uh, Fulton County Sheriff Richard Giardino, who wrote in a viral post on Facebook Sunday, adding that he'll leave it up to the people in his county to make the right decision on their own. And then entering homes to, quote, see how many turkey or tofu eaters are present, quote, end quote, isn't a priority for his office. So I love that, like, he threw turkey and tofu, like he's winning over vegans and, <laughs> and, and like, civil libertarians uh-huh. and, like, probably right-wing douchebags at the same time. Uh, yeah, just, like, you, you can't. You can't tell people how many people they can have in their own home. You can put out, like, a really positive messaging and saying, like, this is what we think is safe and, you know, please be respectful of your loved ones and don't cram a ton of you together because, like, your own health is at risk, right? But as soon as you say mandate, people just can be like, well, I don't have to do it because that's government tyranny, right? It's just, like, frame it better, Cuomo and the rest of you.
1: Yeah, and and, I mean, you know, he's Cuomo's a fucking idiot and he's, you know, he thinks he's... I, th- this is just the shit that he, he fucking totally bungled Wait, is calling an hint? Italian
0: an idiot a racial slur? I don't know. Is that...
1: <laughs> I'm Italian. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I right? get to say it. Idiota. Yeah. <laughs> Stunad. No. Um. So, I... So... Sing uh, it. Sing it. No. So, <laughs> fuck. What was I going to say? No. I mean, he's a fucking... Yeah. You know, so, he's an idiot. He bungled the handling of the pandemic from the beginning. You know, he, he refused to close... Uh, and do a shutdown when he should have and he waited weeks because he didn't want to uh, give in to de Blasio's demands, because again, he is, him and de Blasio fucking hate each other, even though they're both, you know, basically serving the interests of you know, the fucking, you know, the conservative fucking donors in New York. Uh, They hate each other for some reason, because they're both egomaniacs. Uh, So de Blasio was like, hey, we need to shut down, and Cuomo's like, no, you cannot shut down, like, for weeks and then they finally did, but I mean, that's the reason that New York State was by far the worst COVID uh, (sighs) hotspot early on in the pandemic back in April. Fucking, you know, uh, thousands of people died for no reason. Um, And, yeah, he's he's just always made the wrong decisions. He always, like the rest of this country, makes decisions based on capital, not on health and not on, you know, science or public safety. And, you know, that's why... And a lot of people have pointed this out because, like like I said, you know, people shouldn't be gathering with people outside their household for Thanksgiving. But it's hard to tell people that when you've told them that it's okay to go to fucking work and go to school and do all this shit, which is, again, all of these things are not safe. But they're all in service of the fucking economy moving and not in service of public safety. So when the government says we're not going to fucking help you and we're not going to give you money and relief and, you know, shut everything down and pay everyone to stay home for you know, six months, this is what fucking happens. Of course, people are going to be like, well, fuck you. I've been going to work for fucking six months, you know, risking my life to sell you fucking, you know, a video game yeah. controller. Why am I not going to go meet with my relatives? Well,
0: so- and they, they say it's for the sake of the economy, but they're letting small businesses close up shop like crazy. Every day there's like three more bars that shut down in Chicago here. Uh, four or five more restaurants shut down. Because right? yeah, there's no demand,
1: because people know it's not safe, but like,
0: the, well, they, the they, only you know, they also don't have any money to eat out. Like, yeah, would, I, I just tweeted this. Like, so I'm supposed to order takeout to keep <clears> restaurants <throat> alive on zero income and zero government stimulus? No, every place that goes out of business is a choice by the government. They're the ones closing neighborhood bars and eateries, not us. Right? Yeah. Like, they're the, the government said fucking trillions. Remember when they, they invented like $1.4 trillion to like just give to, to pump to, it to the Fed for no fucking Fed. reason. It, and then it just vanished overnight. And it's like yeah you could have <laughs> given, yeah, given that going- money to small businesses and people out of work and they would have st- actually stimulated the economy by spending real money. He could have done yep. that. And they didn't.
1: Yep. No, of course not. And again, I, I fucking have repeated this a thousand times, but it fucking infuriates me to this day. Joe Biden could have went on the campaign trail and said I will give every American $2000 a month through for the duration of this pandemic to stimulate the economy to keep people uh from having for, to keep people, you know, uh from losing their homes, from being able to, you know, feed themselves and to keep these small businesses from going out of business. I'm going to give people money until the duration of this pandemic, you know, until the pandemic is over. And he would have won a fucking massive share of the votes. He would have won 340 electoral votes, you know, whatever those those fantasy numbers that people right. were projecting. And instead, but of course, they don't want was,
0: the mandate. They don't want the mandate, right? They, no, of course they not. They don't the want a slim majority, to majority so things. they can say, oh, no, we," you know, well, like fucking Pelosi, uh, you know, says we can't do anything uh, progressive now because they have a, a slimmer majority in Congress. Right. It, it's just right. like the, the, that kind of failure of, of thinking, that kind of failure of leadership, is is how she's been allowed to fail up her whole fucking career. Um, I actually have a really funny quote here from some fucking stooge. This is from the LA Times. Uh, at a news conference, Democratic caucus chairman, Hakeem Jeffries of New York, oh, uh, sidestepped a question about what Democrats are doing to prepare for a future without Pelosi's speaker. This, is, this quote I'm about to read is hilarious because... Each sentence gets dumber than the last, the further <laughs> it goes on here. <laughs> so he says, there's a remarkable mix of experience. Uh, I assume he's talking about whoever, like, might replace her, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is a legendary speaker, one of the best we've ever done, period, ever, <laughs> period. So he must have, like, really emphasized that, that they put, the like, period after just one word there. Mm-hmm. She of course has my strong support. It's like you're not asking her about that. You're asking about what you, who's coming next. So what? Why this like bend the knee fealty bullshit? Like, what's the point there? Are you afraid of her? He thinks it's going to be him. They, his name <clears throat> always gets thrown around in right. like the shitlib circles. So that's probably why. Then the next sentence here: uh, Whatever happens in the future is going to happen. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> That's That's like the the phrase, uh, no matter where you go, there you are. like <laughs> what, it's just fucking nonsensical in its simplicity. It fucking like what do for mystery w- men speak, right? <laughs> like, right. Ugh. Um, and then he says, during the Trump era, we've just been mm-hmm. trying to get to tomorrow. Like what? <laughs> what does that have to do with any of the other things you just said? It just gets dumber and dumber <laughs> like where it's, it's just what was it, well, like what train of thought led you to, to that place? Right. that it's just like i'm just real quick i want to read the whole thing again there's a yeah, tremendous yeah. amount of experience nancy pelosi is a tremendous speaker, one of the best we've ever had ever uh she of course has been strong support whatever happens in the future is going to happen during the trump era we've just been trying to get to tomorrow like what none of that had anything to do with what you're planning <laughs> none of that to was do. the answer to the question you were asked <laughs> it's just like right. he's like was he running down a hallway away from the Fucking interviewer, <laughs> as he yelled those words. <laughs> Drew the chopper, well, we're just be trying to get to tomorrow.
1: <laughs> and then, so, and she was doing a press conference and someone asked her about like losing all these seats that she lost. And she was like, Well, I'm very proud that we, we, we won back, you know, we won contr- once again, won control. She acted as if it was a victory that they almost lost their fucking majority in the house, but held on by a slim. <laughs> Margin and didn't even win a fucking majority in the Senate. I mean, they the Democrats got demolished down ballot because turns out people only showed up to vote against Trump. Joe Biden didn't inspire a bunch of new voters to show up and vote for Democrats down ballot. So what happened? Fucking, they got wiped out in an election where it's inconceivable that the Democrats wouldn't have won a super majority or at least a large majority in both chambers of Congress, given how shittily. The Trump administration and the Republicans who enabled him have handled the covid uh, situation. And it's just, you know, it just proves they're pathet- how pathetic they are. But do you think anyone in
0: the White House press corps would even ask her like her opinion on the fact that every Democrat who opposed Medicare for all lost and every Medi- uh, Democrat who was running who supported Medicare for all won? Do you think they'd ever no. like pose the question to her like that?
1: Because you don't you don't get into the press corps if you have a spine, because the only people that get into pr- the press credentials uh, for the press corps are like mainstream outlets. And they'll never actually, you know, right. anyone who works for those outlets who has a spine ends up getting fired or of course, pushed out or resigned. The,
0: the, the aspiring Jorge Ramoses of the uh, of the future.
1: <laughs> You're not a journalist, Jorge. Everyone knows this.
0: Best so the Owen greatest
1: ever. fucking Nicolas Maduro quote of all time. <laughs> come on, come on, Jorge.
0: And then, they, and then they tried to say like, oh, he was detained by the you know authoritarian socialist government. And it's like That's yeah, from the same interview he was, by the way, where he got t-
1: quote unquote detained. Like exactly
0: because f- because fucking he was acting as a spy for one, and it's <clears> like uh in in our country where uh, press freedom is enshrined as the, in the First Amendment, we arrested eighty journalists this summer. In this country, where supposedly freedom of the press is is our most uh, cherished right. We arrested and beat up 80 fucking journalists.
1: (laughs) And shot at, you know, countless more of them. Like, you know, just all the different clips we saw of people with press vests getting shot at with rubber bullets and tear gas and fucking pepper spray. It just you know, yeah, yeah, we don't give a fuck. And a
0: majority that. of those were credential journalists, people that had to get sure. like pay for their credentials, and they're wearing them. <clears throat> that like the police have to vet them to to get that in they the first place. They were the CNN guy on air. Yeah, like there was that
1: video, <laughs> that video of the CNN press guy getting fucking arrested yeah. on air during the protest. <laughs> I mean, you know, just. Yeah, no. the 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 police are a fucking far right militia, and you know, there's
0: no reason to support their continued existence. But right, um, and still, Democrats are like, "Oh, defund the police." That's too. That's like defund the police doesn't even. It's not even abolish the police. It's just like, hey, what if we didn't spend forty percent of the city's budget on these assholes and their fucking pensions, so they can retire after ten years and you know earn. Sixty percent of their highest wage they had, like that's you know all those, those fucking cops that were retiring in New York City saying that like oh, the black lives matter movements made it too stressful to be a cop. It's like no they were they were retiring because they maxed out their salary and they knew that like that's they didn't have to work anymore is the reason,
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 so um, and by the way, just to just to kind of give you a sense of how uh Democrats view uh, view us view leftists and view any kind of you know, socialist or social movement within the party, or you know, trying to even push the party. Uh, Hunter Walker, who's a White House uh, correspondent, uh, tweeted this earlier. Uh, a Democratic opter of, uh, de- uh, excuse me, a Democratic operative, just talked to me about their frustration with young woke progressives. "Quote: I am ready to burn Generation Z down with a flamethrower from atop a bus. If you're under twenty three, I have no use for you." So that's that's how they feel about us, um,
0: <laughs> right now. So Yeah, again, I wonder why young voters don't feel compelled to flock to a party that that's um they're stupid and they should be burned alive from the top of a, a bus. What's just like Weirdly thing? specific,
1: yeah. I don't know what the hell that was about. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: clearly somebody, like, specifically lost and decided to scapegoat young voters who they apparently had counted on. It's like, who do you think fucking shows up to to make the phone calls for campaigns? It's young people, by and large, right? Like, just, you know, keep shitting on your base and see how well it goes for you. Yeah, it's, it's going great so far. And, yeah, and the idiots like fucking Allison
1: Spamberger, whatever the fuck her name is, that, uh... On that Democratic caucus call, I was like, I never want to hear the word socialism again. It almost cost me my seat. Uh, she actually increased her vote share from last time, but she also narrowly won last time because she's terrible. And I don't know why anyone would fucking vote for her. Um, but yeah, so they can all go fuck themselves.
0: I have no interest in being in a party with them. No. <sighs> um, yeah. And, and we're going to talk about Biden's well, yeah, let, uh, Let's get into Biden's cabinet picks because... here and just confirming why. <clears throat> You know, like, I I voted for him so that no one could tell me, well, it's your fault if he lost, right? And also so people could, if he won, see how terrible he's going to be. And I've been, like, feeding all of his, like, corporate lobbyist cabinet picks you know, sending the information to my mother to be like, hey, look at this. She's like, oh, you're kidding me. And I'm like, how are you surprised by this? This is exactly who he said he was going to be. I'm going to have a sternly worded conversation with him next time. I'm going to I'm gonna write, uh, oh, what's that fucking, um, what's the perennial senator from Michigan? What's her name? Stabenow? Stabenow. I'm going to write my senator Stabenow a sternly worded email. and like, yeah, she's going to read that and care. Yep. Uh, so, right. yeah, you, you can go ahead and get yeah, started so, here. With yeah, the... so
1: obviously the big the big one was the chief of staff, um, which he named, I think, you know, late last week as uh, Ron Klain, who is a uh, veteran of, of the White House. He served, uh, I believe he served with, he was Gore's chief of staff at one point, and he was Biden's kind of, uh, he, he, he served various functions in multiple different White Houses, but he's, you know... One of these Clinton Obama kind of Gore era guys, um, and of course, since leaving uh, office, uh, was a uh, venture capital executive uh, and a lobbyist. And I know you have some you have some uh, uh, other details on his
0: kind of post DC yeah, work. Yeah, so there there was an article. I don't know if it was. It's actually no. This was from Fox News because, like, if you look at if you look these guys up, anything on Politico or the Hill or NPR. Is just a puff piece. It feels like it was written by the Biden campaign itself. Which they probably did. It was like probably just was, send yeah. us send us your press release and we'll just quote from it. That's all they fucking do, right? As journalists in, in in that sphere. So you'd never know their actual records. So like now we have to go to Fox News to find out like real shit. Like great. Wonderful. So this was a headline it was Biden appoints two former lobbyists to senior staff. Biden's chief of staff pick, Ron Klain. Uh, and Steve Ricchetti, his campaign chair, who was just named counselor to the president, uh, both did time in the lobbying industry. Uh, Klain, in between serving in the Clinton and Obama White House, was a lobbyist for the K Street firm O'Melveny & Myers. His clients included Fannie Mae, the mortgage giant, who used taxpayer money to buy up subprime mortgages and fought off strict regulations from lawmakers with the help of O'Melveny & Myers. Right, so it's like so weird that Joe Biden doesn't want to cancel all of our student
1: debt when his chief of staff used to work for Fannie Mae. It's kind right.
0: of right, amazing. So, uh, Rosetti co-owned a lobbying firm with his brother Jeffrey Ruschetti, uh for more than a decade. Their firm, Rosetti Inc., <laughs> worked with pharmaceutical companies Eli Lilly, Novartis, and Pfizer, uh, and he was apparently there when they had some it was some kind of controversy with uh, people that, like having to basically like some kind of lottery bullshit where they had to like apply for um some like you know we need these drugs but can't uh you know for like life-saving purposes but can't afford them and out of 10,000 applications they approved only 30 of them oh, <laughs> it was great. just like literally you you could just give these pills away to people like who are begging for them so they don't die and you're like nah 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 30 of you out of 10,000 that's enough we did our job
1: yeah no that, that, that's that's charity that's that's when you hear these fucking idiots talking about how you know we need to do more charity and all this shit that's charity that's what charity gets you it gets you a fucking you know a roll of the dice a lottery win where one person out of you know fifty thousand who needs help gets it and the rest fucking die and starve to death or die of a preventable disease because that's right. fucking charity and that's capitalism. That's and then that's they'll, what they'll happens spend, when you don't have social safety nets.
0: Yeah, they'll, they'll spend ninety percent more money they did on the charity advertising the charity so that you all know the great good thing they did. Right? Like it's just it's it's unbelievable the amount of like what was the what was the fucking um the thing Biden had, it was some charity, and they'd spent all of their money on administration and none of it. Oh,
1: oh yeah, no, it was a cancer charity, because, you know, remember his big thing on the campaign trail as he was talking about? We're going to cure cancer, folks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They took in $4.4 million, $3 million of which went to uh, pay senior staff or pay staffing, and another million of which went to just various, you know, costs, you know, operating costs. Right, uh, and and the, and none of it. Literally, not a single dollar went to research. So, and, and I think when they were later asked about their there, they said that they were spreading awareness about about cancer. Like,
0: like what the fuck? like, we're
1: not already aware of what fucking cancer. Like, it, it's just it, again, you know,
0: and, and people don't realize how big of chunk criminals. of the healthcare industry is people that are just like policy lobbyists, right? Who who just go and like sit at a desk and write shit and advise you know and consult and they don't really do anything you right but but then when it's time to like push some new policy they get trotted out to you know give quotes right because they're important because they sit at a desk and wear a suit right and right. what do you what do you actually do uh i'm uh, work administration consultant thing like they don't do anything <laughs> It's just, and you start to kind of peel back the layers of the healthcare industry, and you realize like there's there's tens of thousands of these people that just take up space and talk about how we need to cure cancer. And like, did did you spend any money on you know hiring researchers to do you know look at cells and under micro? No, we did none of that. It just went to administrative costs. Fuck yep. us. Like so, yeah.
1: no, that's that's all they do. It, it, it it's it's just so infuriating and. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and, and probably is maybe his worst pick of all of them has been his, um, another member of the senior staff who is going to be his, I, I don't know if he was his climate czar or his, cli- basically his, his lead climate guy. Oh yeah. Uh, I got a, Sed- I got
0: a, I got a bunch on this guy. Um, all Cedric from- Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. Who's currently a, you know, he,
1: he's in the house. He's a representative from Louisiana. Um, yeah. So you know, I'll let you go into your stuff, but just just as a kind of a top line thing on him, he's the top Democratic recipient of big oil money in all of Congress. So <laughs>
0: it's not great, even great
1: guy to be your climate <laughs> to be your climate expert,
0: right? So he's supposed to be the 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 liaison between climate activists and the business community. Like, where did they get the notion that climate activists want a liaison with the business community? We want to set fire to the business community. Right. So uh, clearly he's just a point man for trying to, you know, calm down the, the uh, Sunrise Movement kids when they show up to occupy somebody's office. Like they, you know, he'll parachute in there. So, yeah, you mentioned you he's from oh, yeah. Louisiana. Right. So this is this is just like literally you couldn't make this up if you tried. So Rep Cedric Richmond, uh, Louisiana Democrat, w- will reportedly serve as the director of the Office of Public Engagement, Bloomberg reported on Monday evening. According to political, that role will include serving as the liaison between the business community and climate change activists. Richmond repre- represents Louisiana's second district, which covers most of New Orleans and stretches west and north to Baton Rouge, a.k.a. Cancer Alley. Named that because of the increased cancer risk that residents face due to their proximity to petrochemical plants. You've been in New Orleans. I don't know how much you, time you spent in the surrounding area, but I used to live down there. Uh, it's it, like you can't throw a stone without hitting uh, a fucking an oil, uh, or oil fucking. tank, you know, just like the refineries with all the fucking uh-huh. like pipes sticking up in the air with like a flame coming out of it and everything. So they, they quote a, an actual uh, climate justice activist here. Um Uh, We've seen Richmond do things like vote to repeal the crude oil export ban in 2015, which, of course, Obama signed into law, which has led to this expansion and development along that corridor, referring to Cancer Alley, uh, said Jane Patton, senior environmental health campaign uh, campaigner with the Center for International Environmental Law, who has lived in Richmond's district her whole life. Uh, Another quote here from her. When that crude oil export ban was repealed, all this new development was suddenly planned along the corridor. A lot of that growth we've seen is being driven by this whole new market for crude oil experts. Article continues here. Richmond didn't just vote to open the door for expanded fossil fuel activity in his district. He also ignored residents' cries about the resulting pollution. Um, uh, they they cite somebody else here, but I don't have their first name. Last name is Rolfs, for instance, spent near or maybe that's a organization, I'm not sure, um, R-O-L-F-E-S is how it's spelled, has spent years campaigning against Formosa Plastics' proposed uh, proposal to open up a $9.4 billion uh, dollar chemical complex in Cancer Alley um, uh, in St. James Parish, which would be one of the largest plastic plants in the country. Paul Publica found that the new plant's emissions would be more than triple the amount of exposure to cancer-causing chemicals in what is already one of America's most polluted zip codes, it would also release an enormous amount of climate warming emissions, 13.6 million tons each year, per a Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality permit. Like they just, it doesn't matter how much you pollute, you just get the permit. All you have to do is tell them how much you're gonna pollute, and they don't even check mm-hmm. on that. They don't, whatever amount you wanna do, you just have to pay a higher fee for the permit to do it. And if the permit expires, you don't have to renew it uh, unless you change the amount you're emitting, which again, they don't measure. Right. <laughs> the, literally the, right. the EPA does nothing. They do fucking nothing. I know people that had to go out and buy like their own uh, air testing machinery that cost them like over a hundred thousand dollars just to find out if the, the air they were breathing was cancerous or not. So, yeah, basically, that's the equivalent of three and a half coal fire power plant stations. The amount that this chemical plant that uh, he wants done. This is the guy that this is the fucking guy that Joe Biden picked to be his climate change liaison. Joe Biden, who who fucking Josh Fox was full throated an
1: endorsement of after he you know after he won the primary, he was telling yeah. everybody yeah. to vote for the guy who made the fucking one of the best you know modern climate docs that I've seen, Gasland. Uh, apparently, yeah. is just a total fucking bullshit yep. artist and never the, meant. The anything. guy
0: who used to go on Chris Hayes with uh, Susan Sarandon, right now shaming the Green Party people who. See through the bullshit of the Democratic Party and sell through the bullshit of Joe Biden. Uh, And now he's got to, like, walk it back and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Here we go again. It's like, you fucking grifting asshole. We told you this. We told you this and you shamed us for it. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's just unfortunate that we, we can't find out who these people are. Uh, ahead of time but you know they're, they're making it easy for us with with, with with the way that they react to certain things uh, you know goings on in the Democratic Party so you know just got to keep our eye on that um, yeah and it, it's just, just you know shit across the board everyone and again there was more articles about how Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren will definitely not be receiving uh, a position in the Biden administration which you know for, for Warren that's super fucking funny because she really is a big enough idiot to think that she was going to get a climate post for once again, selling her soul. Uh, And we all knew that was never going to happen. But it's just, again, it it literally would cost Biden nothing. He could probably stifle any kind of the more uh, severe, you know, reforms that Bernie would want to put into place. But at the same time, Bernie could actually help a lot of people in that job. And they won't even give him that after all the fucking shit that he did and all the, and and after dropping out early and endorsing him, telling all of his supporters to vote for him and doing all these fucking rallies, they fucking hate us. They have they want nothing to do with us. They disdain us. So again, why you ever would fucking vote for this, you know, anyone in this shitty party or tell somebody, you know, to vote for someone in this shitty party, it's fucking beyond me because they disdain us. They fucking want nothing to do with us. And you know, I I I will I will respect their wishes and have nothing to do with this fucking party because it's just they 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 can't be they can't piss in our face any more than they already have like i don't understand why people still think that it's just like oh well we can move joe biden left like it's it's laughable he's to the right of donald trump on a lot of significant issues and that's really fucking saying something cuz donald trump is a you know a, a conservative nightmare he's not a neocon but he's definitely a conservative fucking nightmare well, um, oh, if he was a
0: neocon, they'd have no problem with him, you know. No, no. If he was a neocon,
1: it's... he'd be be welcomed into Democratic circles because the entire Democratic Party are fucking neocons. Uh, yeah. Judging by you know the response to this recent kind of Trump uh, foreign policy doctrine, or you know whatever you want to call it, and for whatever reason he's doing it, he's really been trying to make a point out of getting uh, the troops, or at least a good number of troops, out of. Afghanistan and Iraq before he leaves office um and again you know I don't know why he's doing it
0: which Joe Biden said would be finished by 2014 Joe Biden tweeted out that all of our troops would be out of out of Afghanistan by the end of 2014 and Obama like retweeted it so (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't just a
1: gaffe (laughs) whoops whoopsie um and again, we know that once Joe Biden gets in office, not only is he not going to take troops out, there's a good chance he'll end up surging troops and using some flimsy justification and liberals will go along with it and say, well, of course, you know, we need to for national security, you know, you're just the standard fucking Bush era conservative talking points that every Democrat now mimics. And I want to play you a clip here from fucking Tammy Duckworth, who is a senator uh, I think from Illinois or India. I forget where she's from, but she is an Iraq War veteran. She's the one who's in a wheelchair because I think she's either she either lost her legs in Iraq or their crypt, whatever it was. Um, and and just tell me what what party you think a person like this is from when one person is talking about pulling troops out of a fucking mess of a situation that we've been in for 19 years in Afghanistan. By the way, <laughs> apparently it's still it's still not time. They're still not ready. 19 years later, they're still not fucking ready. But this is, this is this is her response to, to the news of Trump potentially pulling troops out.
0: All of the military commanders have spoken up and said, this is the wrong thing to do. We want our troops home, but let's not bring them home in, in body bags. And that's potentially what's going to happen if this president gets his way and puts his own political timeline ahead of our national security.
1: Hey, what? you know the uh the, the the tobacco executives say that it's really harmful for the public health if we uh if we if we tell people that they shouldn't smoke cigarettes. Yeah, let's let's ask the generals what they think about pulling troops out of this fucking endless war that we have no fucking reason and no goal and no purpose of being in and that we never did in the first place.
0: What, what let's the, see
1: what they the think. body bag comment. What is, what sense
0: does that even fucking make?
1: You, you know, bringing people home, that that, that that's going to that's going to endanger their lives when we get them out of this nightmare situation that that they're in that we've created like
0: it, i understand her thinking there what what does it even mean what is literally she fucking talking you. about oh if we you know like the, the if everyone starts leaving then like the last three guys that are there are going to be vulnerable and they'll get killed like what that's not how fucking uh, uh, <laughs> that's not how you do it <laughs> for one no great let's pull them all on at once and get them all on a big fucking freighter and <laughs> Is she implying that, like, the, the the planes bringing the troops home are going to crash into the ocean or something? Like, that it fucking literally makes no goddamn sense. The reason, you know, that any sane person ends a war is to prevent them from having to come home in body bags, is to save fucking lives, is to stop the oppression of people who've been, you know, essentially living under warfare for, I mean, God, it was the, Russia, Soviet Union it was all of the 80s. Right, and then Rambo went over there and helped him out. Uh, <laughs> and then, like literally, like the last twenty years, we've been at war there, right? And it achieved all of nothing because uh, the people that did 9-11 were from Saudi Arabia. Where'd we catch Bin Laden? Pakistan. So, what the fuck were we doing in Afghanistan for the last two decades? Not a goddamn thing.
1: I Just bet yeah, it had nothing people. to do with oil. I'm sure that that wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't. Well, they're supposed to have like
0: a. They're supposed to have like an untapped lithium. Deposits uh, in the mountains mm-hmm. of Afghanistan that could be like in the like quadrillion uh, yeah. level of money, <laughs> right? And they, so. also, they
1: also have like massive uh, uh, poppy fields, which you know we need for the opium for our for our fucking opiates. And then, ever US, watch that so. movie
0: with uh, uh, Brad Pitt? I can't remember the name of it. He goes over there and he's like a general. He's supposed to like fix the PR image of the war. And he's, oh a, he's no! I la- wanted to watch that. It was a Netflix movie, right? Yeah, I, I think so. It was pretty good, and it's. God, it sucks to see uh, you know uh, Brad Pitt play like an out of touch boomer dad character because you're just like I know you're not that that's not who you are, and no. he's like he's trying to get them like figure out how they can not sell uh, you know grow poppies. He's like why well, right, can't they just grow cotton? And somebody has to explain <laughs> to them that like the because of a predatory trade deal that like we won't we won't allow them to grow uh, cotton. In their country like or will apparently bomb them more or something (laughs) he's so like it just kind of reveals like how we have our you know our boot on the neck of every third world country uh whether it's through trade or whether it's through you know doing coups or just out out all out war um and he's like he's just like learning all these things and doesn't understand why like every country can't just pull itself up by its bootstraps and it's like because america is literally like holding its head underwater drowning it slowly for eternity
1: it's just amazing to me that people can i know this seems like it's out of left field but it's just where my mind went that people could still watch star wars and not think that we're the fucking empire like because we so clearly are and they so clearly takes every aspect of the way that the empire expanded their power structure from what we literally do, like our, our foreign policy, is the fucking foreign policy of right. the Galactic Empire, occupying well, other countries, stealing their resources.
0: Fucking, you know. Yeah. That's why you have Facebook groups called things like uh, "Conservatives Identifying with the Villain Again," and <laughs> sounds like you've never watched Star Trek. But okay, <laughs> you know, exactly thing, things like that. Like when you get, find like like libertarian Star Trek fans, and it's like, what show were you watching? like how did you walk away from that thinking it was anything other than fully automated luxury gay space communism
1: right right yeah yeah no i mean it just you know uh yeah so uh
0: his cabinet's a fucking atrocious mess and the uh oh 40, and the front, yeah that 40 people out of his 500 person transition team are lobbyists <laughs> Only which, which you of? might say like well it's it's less than 20 percent but it's more than 10 percent yeah it's just
1: (laughs) yeah no total nightmare but yeah and, and as far as the trump thing i don't know you know why he's doing it necessarily i think that to some aspect like to some degree there's an aspect of him where he just doesn't like the people that it's pissing off and then he's doing it to piss them off like you know there's that that great uh tweet exchange he had with john bolton the other day where he called him like you know one of the dullest fucking, oh, yeah. <laughs> most ridiculous like it, it's just i i generally think that he's not that much more complicated than exactly what he shows us as his public facing persona oh it's totally I, true I,
0: I love that he, he was like the, the only the only idea john bolton had was let's start another war <laughs> he like trolled <laughs> him with that line <laughs> <laughs> As though you couldn't be dumber than just like thinking of another war to, you know, like that's
1: right, right. And that was the thing is like everyone was like, oh, he's firing all these generals, and he's endangering national security, and it's like no, he apparently the 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 uh, secretary of defense that resigned, Esper resigned because he didn't want troops pulled out because he's a fucking general and of course none of these people want you know ever pull troops out that's our permanent fucking war state and it's it's actually kind of a genius in a way because then what's going to happen is that biden is either going to have to stand pat with that or he's going to have to send troops back and it'll make him look like the fucking war hawk that he is so it's kind of Mm -hmm. You know, it, 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 I, I don't even know if he meant to do it, but he, he stumbled into this ingenious kind of fucking trap for Biden where he's either going to have to look like the Warhawk that he is uh, and all of this bullshit about how he didn't really fully support the Iraq War is going to be, you know, uh, totally proven to be false, as we know it is, or he'll just have to stamp out with it. And that'll be good, too, because that'll mean we'll get some fucking troops out of this endless fucking quagmire that we've created um, and have no business still being in. So... You know, we'll see what happens with that, but yeah,
0: I mean, Quagmire implies that like you can't leave because you're sinking in a quicksand, and we can leave whenever we want to because we're the ones that have the ability to leave. No, yeah, but
1: we've 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 turned the you know a a, a couple of countries that had you know very vibrant you know uh, areas into just total fucking rubble pits, you know, for no reason other than to further our fucking you know military interests but
0: right well you know we've we've talked about this endlessly about how you know trump is just not you know he's not, not interested theologian he's not a he's not lindsey graham you know he, he they had this famous <clears throat> conversation where you know lindsey graham was like well we have to be fighting evil forever and he's like but why like that you could like make friends with evil and then set up hotels and casinos. Like that's just, <laughs> you know, he doesn't, You're he right, doesn't right. share the, the evangelical mindset because he's just, you know, he's just grifting these people. Yeah, but exactly. uh, just, I'm just kind of skimming through the, the tweets I have, see if I have anything else here I was going to mention. I just had this guy I retweeted here. I he just had a random tweet. This tangentially taps into um, kind of what we're talking about with Trump versus, you know, not being evangelical. This guy named uh, Daniel Besner tweets, uh, "I prefer when a movie has a subtle message, like when capitalism beat religion to death with a bowling pin," <laughs> which is <laughs> which you you haven't still never watched. There will be blood, is my understanding, but uh, that is uh, in I'm essence aware of the reference. But yeah, no, yeah, that is in essence it, yeah. the the movie. Uh, in a nutshell, and then like they ended with like literally just doing that. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. spoiler, <laughs> you'll like it though. It's a good scene.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of things, we will be eventually, uh, you know, potentially as soon as next week, reviewing uh, The Good Lord Bird, which is Oh, it's definitely going to be
0: next week. It's definitely going to be next week because uh, timely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, just an incredible Showtime series about John Brown, uh, you know, starring and produced and created by the series was created by Ethan Hawke. Uh, and I believe he wrote some of it, at least. Or, you know, the, all these shows have, like, writing, like a writer's room, basically, but he was, you know, heavily involved in the cr- conception and creation of this character, and he could really tell just by his incredible performance. So we'll be, you know, re Yeah, well, that.
0: he he hired, a, um, I believe, all the writers, the writing team on the show was black, and all the directors of all the episodes were black, too, um, because he understood that, like, okay, like, you know we're we're trying to get away from the white savior thing here so if i'm going to start it and produce it like everybody else creatively involved should be somebody who this is really about right and right. one of the amazing things is you know it's it's based on james mcbride's novel um and it's it's sort of uh, you know written from kind of the the tall tale tradition of like having a, a child Tell the story, right? So it's mm-hmm. through their eyes. So the story is actually written through the eyes of this um, uh, freed slave black boy who uh, has to is, is apparently mistaken for a girl at first, and then just goes along with it. And it's hilarious because like all all the other black people, they can tell it's a boy, but all the white people can't tell and think it's a girl. <laughs> so right. there there's comedy in that, but it also kind of reflects like how people don't see each other. Right. And it very much is. I mean, you're talking about slavery and John Brown and like people getting hanged to death and, you know, but it's it's very much a comedy because uh, James McBride kind of felt like, look, we've had so many movies about slavery. that are just like hitting us over the head with just the barbarity, you know, 12 Years a Slave, just one of the most horrific things to watch that, like, I want to tell the story in a way that's accessible to people so they don't feel emotionally exhausted. And I'm going to make it a comedy. And it truly is one of the funniest things I've ever watched. There are there are comedic moments in the middle of some of the most horrible, awful things happening, where you're just like that joke was fucking perfect. That that joke landed better than anything I could write in my life. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I really I want to read the novel because I want to know how much of that was there um, in the original text versus how much the writers uh, added to it, and how much you know Ethan Hawke uh, contributed with his portrayal. Um, yeah, I'm going to
1: uh, I'm definitely going to read that after we after we review it after. Yeah. I, it. I mean
0: just just imagine like uh uh Tom Waits channeling uh Nick Nolte and Samuel L Jackson. That's like the closest approximation <laughs> I can come right. up with.
1: Right. No. He, he's, incre- he's incredible. He's incredible. It's truly one of the better performances I've seen in years on a TV show. Um, and the depth but, of
0: it too. At first you just yeah. just like this is so bombastic and over the top and then it like switches gears into some really amazing quiet touching moments that feel earned
1: yeah and we'll review that in depth next week but um yeah and and i think i remember saying to you after watching either the first maybe it was both the you know the first two episodes like this is what tarantino and i like this movie so i'm not shitting on it but this is the tone tarantino wanted for django like this is like a much better version of that (laughs) like where it's where it's actually historically significant and also funny and also like violent and like all the shit that like i i I enjoyed about django but like Mm -hmm. without the the kind of messy tarantino-ness of it and all all those
0: all the characters in django are very one- to two-dimensional. There's Cartoonish, no three-dimension, yeah. right? And and this has so much more depth and thought put into it, uh, you know, because it's based on a novel, I think. But also because, you know, like I watched a bunch of Zoom interviews with Ethan Hawke where he, they're like hours long. He did like three of them and they're each an hour long. And he's, he had some amazing things he said, but he was just like, I can't believe there's not 25 movies about John Brown. Like you couldn't ask for a more interesting, complex... Uh, you know, somewhat controversial and and possibly the most historical, historically relevant figure in U.S. history, yeah. Uh, than John Brown, (laughs) he's so who
1: who you almost really don't learn at all about in school, like in history class. You like, I don't remember ever learning about John Brown in history class. I I, I don't think I even really got a full education on what. He did until, like, you know, I started doing, like, leftist readings of, like, you know, leftist history, you know. We'll um, we'll get into depth on that next week, though. But, yeah, I really
0: want to talk about just how, you know, when you have a systemic issue that could be changed, but nobody will, you know, like defunding the police or abolishing the police, like, that's, like, what he did was on the level of, you know, the, the thing that the one catalyst you know that that finally did that did the thing right he did the damn thing (laughs) (laughs) he did do the damn
1: thing um yeah shit well all right so that basically does oh one more thing i wanted to mention real quick because i think we had briefly mentioned how like you know as shitty as biden is like maybe he'll do a couple of decent things just as like a you know, shut the base up a little bit. Um, and you know, initially they were talking about forgiving up to $50,000 of student loan debt, which, um, is not, nothing would be good. It's still like, you know, that doesn't scratch the surface for some of these people who have, you know, gone to private, uh, schools or, you know, like just the, like the more expensive colleges where it's just an absurd atrocity, how much they're allowed to charge for tuition. Um, so, on Monday, they rolled out their actual support for this plan. And by the way, Bernie Sanders stated this out front: you could forgive all federal student debt day one as president. Like, and it's really funny that, like, that's never acknowledged. But it's literally something you could do by executive order. You do not need congressional approval. Um, and Thanks, Obama. Yeah, exactly. Right, motherfucker. Um, so, Joe. B- so on Monday, Joe Biden's plan rolled out. Uh, on Monday, and this is from an NPR tweet. An article uh, on Monday, President-elect Joe Biden affirmed his support for erasing some student debt, quote unquote, immediately. The provision calls for the federal government to pay off up to ten thousand dollars <laughs> in private, non-federal student loans for quote unquote economically distressed borrowers. So that's where the fifty thousand dollars for everybody went down to ten that up to ten thousand dollars for private. <laughs> student loans uh non-federal student loans for quote-unquote economically distressed borrowers I'm so sure again private
0: banks will go along with that too yeah, yeah. They're, and, they're not and again, gonna, they're so not gonna I, sue over that one
1: it's like his public option which went from an actual public option that everyone could buy into for to you know privatizing medicaid basically which is what it is now. it's just less than useless to yeah. fucking slap in the face to people <laughs> that oh and oh, yeah,
0: and by the end of the day, it'll just be like, oh, we're going to increase Pell Grants 2%. <laughs> right, That's right, what exactly. the final thing's going to be.
1: <laughs> by the way, somebody somebody did the uh, numbers on this. 92% of loans are federal student loans, so this does almost nothing. Only 8% of loans would even qualify for this, and only yeah. up to $10,000, and only if you're, quote-unquote, economically distressed, which probably means you have to be it's, in the same income bracket that you have to be in for Medicaid, which is you know a, a super low amount. It's it's Uh, literally,
0: it's it's Gene Wilder shrieking, you get nothing, you lose.
1: (laughs) And again, again, I want to remind people, he could literally, with the wave of a pen, erase all federal student debt on day one in office, and he refuses to do so. That is a choice by the Democratic fucking president who just decides to let everyone live with crippling debt in the middle of a fucking pandemic where nobody has jobs and nobody can afford to fucking pay loans or pay anything, by the way. Not yeah. even like I'm going to cancel or, 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 you know, suspend all student. Like, it's just fucking. Oh,
0: I, I just love it how, you know, for the last 50 years we've been told to, you know, go to college and get an education uh, because that's, you know, the the way to get ahead you know, like, oh, you need a better job, and then you need a better, better education, and then it's like, oh, now I'm stuck with crippling debt. Well, that was your choice. No one put a gun to your head and made you go to that. It's like, yep. what, what, fuck, I, even if I have a fucking master's degree, starting salary for, you know, social workers, like, what, $29,000 a year? Like good yes. luck paying off your fucking hundred and fifty thousand dollar debt with that kind of a good wage. Good luck
1: living somewhere that's not fucking you know Missouri. Like good luck living in any big city in America at that fucking wage and not living in a fucking you know, uh, you know shotgun shack basically. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, it's it's, just, fuck. it's it's wild. And then you got it's you know I, like I, one other America's thing person. is this kind of annoys me is is uh, some of the reactions to um, you know the the bread lines mm. in Texas where there's just like cars 20, you know, for miles and miles of people you know and it's like mm-hmm. yeah it sucks that the that, that you know they're in line to have to get food cuz we can't support people but like i looked at those pictures the video and like every single one of those vehicles is a massive fucking suv or a massive fucking dodge ram pickup truck like it's okay Texas. You, <laughs> right but it's it's like okay you, you okay you so you need a car right but like you got the a fucking vehicle the size of a fucking apartment building and you're sitting there in line idling and you're, you know, it's gas guzzler gets like 12 miles to the gallon. You're sitting there like you right. fucking get rid of this giant vanity truck. You got, and you could fucking afford food. You hillbilly son of a bitch. Like I get it. Some people need that to, cause they got a construction job or whatever, but like literally <laughs> there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them all lined up. And it's like, how many of you people need to have a vehicle that large? Like literally none, right?
1: Yeah. Well, and again, <laughs> it's, it's just the fucking the the debtor's prison that is the it's it's the it's the feature, it's not the bug of capitalism. It's like you need to, you know, you need to go to college and spend a hundred thousand dollars so you can get a decent job. Oh, you don't make enough. Oh, that's your fault for going to college. You need to it's, it's, you need to work and you need to you know right. you need to get to work and all this shit. Oh, well, same, you have a same car. Same thing you can't with a car. It, you know? People
0: get get trapped in this thing. It's like, well, I can't it's afford to prison. live in this. Yeah, of course. I can't afford to live in the city cuz I got to make these car payments. So I'm forced to live 50 miles from where I work and that's what I need the car for. And I spend 2 hours a day driving to and from work, so I have no fucking free time and all, you know, half my income goes to paying off the car and the insurance and the fucking parking and the you know, giant garage I have to have to fit it in and just, it's it's like You know, and of course, you get a huge fucking subsidy for the oil industry, and you can get a tax write off if you buy a car. You don't get a tax write off if you ride a fucking bike to work, right? Because what sense would that make? Because we got Joe Biden and his fucking fossil fuel fucking $340,000 guy from Louisiana to be the climate change. It's just, it's it's like you've got to break this cycle at some point on your own, right? Like, systemically, yes, we got to work towards that. But like, at some point, you got to say, look, I, I'm in. I'm trapped, and I've got to break out of this. You know, like I've got to get out of this fossil fuel industry cycle of abusive capital that's, you know, forcing so many people to, uh, you know, be addicted to having a car, living fifty miles from where they work, being fucking miserable all the time, being stressed out, stuck in traffic, road rage. Yeah. Those fucking road rage video the it's other all day. These-
1: I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Oh, there was this video. of These two guys uh, uh, fighting over a parking spot, um, and then they got out and started beating each other with like sticks, like yeah, like, like because queens and flushing. Yeah, yeah, just it just it cars turn good people into bad people and bad people into psychopaths.
1: Right, right,
0: and no more yeah. so than this country.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a whole genre subgenre of horror movies about just like psychos with cars. Like, like that that russell crowe movie that just came out like it's just there's so many movies like that um but yeah yeah, no and you know and again it's all cyclical because it's just like they make it completely unaffordable to live in the cities that you that a lot of people work it's just it's fucking it's all it's all terrible and it's all the it's all again we i think this is the theme that we always go back to it's all a choice it does not have to be this way we let them make it this way if we if we you know like actually stood up to these motherfuckers. They couldn't keep exploiting us and using our fucking labor and siphoning all of the money that we're rightfully owed for all the fucking productivity that we give them, you know, up to the top of right. the fucking pyramid. And that's that's what we let, we've let happen for decades in this country and now it's completely toppling over because we're so top heavy as a country and as an economy that it's, you know, something like this pandemic has completely exposed how Completely unsustainable, this fucking system is. But, you know, they're still right. idiots who are so brainwashed right. they'll never well, acknowledge if, that.
0: If we've got billions of dollars to give to the fossil fuel industry to, to, you know, make sure that those people in those bread lines are still addicted to their cars, why don't we have billions of dollars in stimulus money to make sure that Americans don't have to wait in those bread lines? <laughs> right. Like, why, yeah, and why just can't you, can't you go just buy can... fucking
1: groceries from their local grocery? You know, <laughs>
0: like, right. Right, but no, car America, we got to make sure that everyone's fucking slave to the automobile. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, on that uplifting note, uh, (laughs) I think that (laughs) does it for us this week. Uh, Yeah, please, please don't kill your grandma's spike by going and visiting them on Thanksgiving and you spitting out your your respiratory droplets into their Mm. face from across a two foot table. Um. Unless you voted for
0: Trump. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you know, look, if you're trying to, you know, (laughs) stick to the the American tradition of spreading disease to on Thanksgiving to other, you know, less to more vulnerable populations. That uh, is
0: definitely, definitely a tradition of Thanksgiving.
1: Proper way to spread to uh, yeah, celebrate Thanksgiving.
0: But yeah, so uh, that basically does it for us this week. Um, oh, real quick. We'll how be, do you hear the term yeah, yeah. super spreader event and not think of like a fucking orgy porno setting <laughs> type thing like that? Just come on. There's, oh, there's sure. got to be somebody's like just waiting for porn to to ramp back up to fill <laughs> right one. for
1: it to be safe to actually have that many people in a room. And that's going to be like the Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that industry even like makes money anymore because it's all like free now. But it, it, it's. I, I it, yeah, that's definitely gonna be gonna be one of the big Super Sprint
0: nineteen. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh shit. All right. Well, on that note we will uh, <laughs> yeah. If you Sorry. want to support the show, free. Afraid... <laughs> review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash move left, Facebook.com slash move left idiots, Patreon.com slash move left. Merch available at tinyurl.com slash move left pod. The show is on Twitter at Move Left Pod. I am on Twitter at move underscore
0: left. And I am on Parlor.com at Bike Slate. <laughs> so <laughs> That's Parlor right. with an so,
1: ER, not an OR. <laughs>
0: right, right. So all the right wingers are going to something called Parlor dot com, which apparently you can have uh, the the right to be as racist as you want and threaten women and, you know, uh, say turfy type things. But they had to use an ER instead of an O R because Parlor dot com is already taken and it is in fact a porn site. So I find that <laughs> funny. Funny that they <laughs> couldn't do it, but it's like if you go to com, there's like a naked lady up in the top corner. If you go to com, it's a folksy looking farm girl that like, like that's just porn for conservatives, apparently. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh Yeah. It's, it's why like barn is a category of porn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit you not. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, you All know, right. like because fucking on a pile of hay sounds like the most comfortable thing in the world, right? Right. No, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, I am on if Twitter. If I saw that, I
1: would just expect Michael Myers to be like, you know, coming out from behind the thing and impaling them with a pitchfork. Uh, with a pitchfork, pitch right? For. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I am on Twitter at slutty.
1: Yep. We'll see you next week.
0: What do you